Hi, I'm Sonia. I'm Sapna. And this is Loudmouth Lurkies. Since we've been kids, we've watched Shah Rukh Khan and Kajol traipse across the screen with these amazing, you know, grandeur gestures of love and romance and thinking that this was going to be our life. But little did we know that a lot of perceptions of what romance is in Bollywood um, is not really how it goes in real life. It's the typical trope of the Indian child, or the Desi child, I should say, a South Asian child, of growing up and watching Bollywood movies and then being told by your parents, who are showing you these Bollywood movies, that you cannot date anybody until you're married. So that's kind of what we're going to be talking about today and how perceptions of romance and perceptions of dating and love and marriage are very different between Bollywood and what we see growing up and what we actually experience. And this is what we like to call the Desi Dilemma. So apparently dancing in my sari in the rain or getting my bangle or chudi caught on a man's kurta which was the epitome of romance to me growing up and still is boys if you're listening this is what i'm looking for <laughs> it does not exist what <laughs> you're telling me that isn't real what? they lied to us <laughs> and honestly i'm really blaming our parents for letting us watch these movies yeah so it's... intensely alongside Disney Channel? Yeah, because Disney Channel, there were like eight-year-olds dating each other. Okay, yeah, dude, High School Musical, also the epitome of the romance I wanted in my life. And so it's so weirdly unrealistic, and here we are, like every other episode we've talked about, that weird in-between of being, are we Daisy? Are we American? I don't know, because I see American kids and American high schoolers on TV showing PDA, And in our life, that would be a complete, complete no-no. So let's talk about PDA as a South Asian child or someone trying to attempt to have a relationship while you have South Asian parents. Specifically strict parents. Oh, strict South Asian parents. I think those are synonymous. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's it's always really complex uh, because you hear all the... horror stories um, from your friends and all the the weird things that they do to try to get away with having a relationship or or talking to people of the opposite gender even. So changing guys' names in your contact list to girls' names. Uh, Turning off notifications when you go home. Uh, Telling your parents you're with your girlfriends when you're on a date. And hiding from aunties in public when you're with someone who you should not be seen with. Yeah. I definitely, I've read a couple, I think these are my favorite tweets um, that I've seen that have been posted on Subtle Curry Traits, but it's like, when you're with a guy you know you shouldn't be with, and you're like, am I going to die in this car? Am I, am I going to die when my mom finds out about this? Yeah, it's, it's really tough. I think there's no right answer even on how to approach it. Like, I get it. I get what people do, and I get why they do it, but I also don't understand, like, how do we 
approach it. Well, yeah, I mean, when you grow up in a South Asian community like Evergreen and you want to go on a date with someone, you have to deal with the reality that anywhere you go, some auntie is going to find you and text your mom about what the hell you're doing. <laughs> Speaking of the whole aunties concept that we talked a lot about last um, last season, how do aunties and maybe even uncles and family friends and friends and all of that, how does that play a role into South Asian teens, adolescents, adults, and, young adults even getting in relationships? Well, I have so many friends of mine that are like, they've graduated college and they're in relationships and they still have not told their parents that they're in a relationship and they're like yeah you know my my parents are asking me to get married and I fully have like a boyfriend of like three or four years (laughs) and it's just such an interesting concept because I'm like you know only in South Asian families would a child grow up graduate college have a stable job be able to make their own like, make it on their own and still be afraid of telling their parents that they wanted to be with someone. Yeah, and at the same time, it's so weird because a lot of parents, from what I've heard, at least from my parents, a lot of parents talk about their kids' relationships to other parents. So, like, imagine a group of aunties sitting in a circle and talking about their kids' relationships. It's... It's It's scary. I mean, that's that's the epitome of an auntie, though, right? Like, that's the gossip. Like, you want to know. And, like, when you're sitting with a group of aunties, like, Sheena auntie's like, oh, yeah, I heard Rahul did this. And, like, it's all about, like, making you and yourself look better. So if you hear another kid's doing something that you supposedly, your child would never supposedly do, like... Oh, you're gonna <laughs> oh no Rahul's out here ruining it for the rest of us you know yeah that's it's so tough and like just everyone's in each other's business it's all about parents involvement in their kids relationships which is a whole different story and then parents oh yeah like getting approval from your parents yeah no because that's that's a big deal and it's it's kind of like oh I don't want a lot of those people who don't tell their parents it's like oh they know that their parents don't approve, which is a whole total other separate issue that goes into religion and race and, yeah. and expectations and quote unquote values, family background and all of those. Oh yeah, it things. all comes into play. Like just take what the is like I guess the characterization of what people think of when they think of South Asian relationships and yeah. they think of arranged marriages. No, and it's so funny because my friends who weren't South Asian or who were Indian would be like, oh, like, do people actually have arranged marriages? And it's still a thing. I'm and like, like yeah. we, grew, we grew up thinking it's a very normal thing. I, yeah. think, we, I think parents in the U.S. Um, or in Western cultures have definitely adapted and these traditions have become more modern I guess yeah like it's not just oh I met like your parents find someone and then you get married to them and you never meet them no it's it's now like you know the parents are vetting the other family they're vetting the person obviously like you go to the family's house for chai (laughs) and you sit down and you get to meet the other person but there's like an established courtship type of period where you where you figure out if you do like the person and it's so weird because I remember, like, going to a wedding where uh, both the people were born and brought up here. Uh, and they kind of had an arranged marriage, kind of did it. 
And there's the typical, like, thing at, at uh, weddings and the receptions where they're like, oh, so where'd you meet them? And it was, like, this very awkward, like, so who's going to tell them that their moms introduced them to each other? You know, it's this... Oh, a white person definitely <laughs> asks that. You don't ask that at a Daisy wedding. Because you you're, know. If you're a Daisy, you, don't, you do not ask at a Daisy wedding, where did you meet them? You met them at their house. Yeah. Like <laughs> with your parents for chalk. Because really, there's no right answer. Yeah, but, I mean, in this day and age, like... With dating apps, how do brown people tell their parents that they met their significant other on a dating app? No, you met them in the libraries, right? Okay, and no, that's a little like, edit you have to make. Yeah. <laughs> no, but seriously, like a genuine question no. because, like, I get all of these ads for Dillmill, okay? Yeah. And for those of you who don't know, Dillmill is like a South Asian dating app, it's like Tinder but for South Asians, <laughs> okay? And, like, in it, you can specifically select, like, what culture you are, like, um, are you Punjabi? Are you Gujarati? Are you Tamil? Are you like what religion you are? What you can select what kind of person you're looking for based on culture and religion as well. Wow. It's really like very niche. Dude, don't let the aunties figure out about this. They're gonna <laughs> it's be very on niche. It. But then my question is like, you see, okay, whoever is posting these ads on Facebook and is like, hey, like, Dill Mill success rate and like, I met my partner on Dill Mill. Like, how did you tell your parents that you met your partner on Dill Mill, dude? And how have they not seen it on Facebook? And how has no auntie told your parents that they saw it on Facebook? You know, I'm in awe. That's pretty, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. I feel like that, that's, I feel like that's what we should, we should be focusing on. <laughs> we hope you're enjoying this week's episode of Loudmouth Larkies. We wanted to take a second to talk to you about one of our amazing sponsors, The Cutthroat Box. A seasonal subscription box filled with all kinds of products handpicked especially for South Asian American women. They ensure that their subscribers are getting ethnically made and environmentally friendly goods that are curated to uplift the South Asian American woman while honoring South Asian traditions. And to top it off, they only work with women-owned and minority-owned companies. We're so excited to partner with the Katra Box this season, and we hope you'll check them out. Yeah, I think it's it's really interesting because I've also just seen such a range with my Daisy friends. Because some parents are totally accepting, oh, and then yeah. other parents are like totally the other spectrum of of not. I um, mean, like my mom, for example, like she knew of my boyfriend, and I dated him for two years, and she was like good friends with him. Not, I mean, obviously, like, <laughs> you know, auntie's not friends with your boyfriend, but like she, she let him come to my house. Like we had dinner together. He met my family, and like a very forward-thinking type of approach to the whole facey parents and dating yeah. thing, but still. I'm not, like, my relationship with dating is not the same as my white peers. And it's so interesting because I've been looking on Reddit recently, as I as I do, and uh, weirdo. <laughs> there's, like, a subreddit that's, like, Asian parent stories or something like that, and it it's a bunch of Asian American, or not Asian Americans even, just, like, Asian people across the diaspora, um, and everyone's just talking about different experiences they have with their parents, and how that's kind of shaped them in whatever shape or form. Uh, and a lot of them talk about relationships because that, that is just a concept that comes up a lot in yeah, Asian yeah. families. And like so many people are like, yeah, I, uh, I told my parents about my relationship in three uh, that I've been having for three years and they totally told me to just break up with them. And like, it's so sad. And I mean, it is also another 
something that it speaks to like the collectivist nature of being an Asian immigrant or being of you know the Asian mm-hmm. continent it's like a lot of the things that you do and a lot of the things that surround the actions of a community is the community and the family yeah and so I completely understand like when I am making a decision about like dating or like people I want to see like it is in my mind like is my mom going to approve of this person but it's very unfortunate that that is the driving force sometimes for some people and I mean again like to each their own everyone has their own way of coping with these things and dealing with these things but it's not a situation that I have seen that my white peers understand oh totally because there's so many situations that I've seen in which it's not even just a matter of like, oh, does this person have a, like a family, a good family background or good values? Often that gets kind of simplified or uh, like like replaced down to, oh, what is their religion? What is their race? Where their fam? Where is their family from? Like what state or um, like what caste are they in? Even oh, definitely, you know, and it gets reduced to these sort of very stereotypical, uh, like, superficial things that are not dissimilar from what we see in in the home country, you know, yeah. in India, or, uh, like, what you see in, like, horoscopes and all those things that our, our culture is often, like, mocked for having, which is so interesting, because to see that happening so much in 2019 or 2020, even, uh, seeing that as such a prominent mindset is, like, a little scary and a little, like... It's, it's frustrating to see that people move across the country, across the world, and have these beliefs that will hold their children back from, I don't know, like marrying whoever they want to marry or being who with whoever they want to be with. Yeah, and I think that's where I kind of struggle in understanding because I do, and as someone who is very religious for a very long time, like I understand why um, certain values hold or, or held are so held importantly yeah and why like when you're raising a child you would want your child to keep those values yeah you know spending your life with another person like you end up compromising and there are certain values you you don't want your kids to compromise on and so when you're raised in a group or when you're raised in an environment where those values are held so highly like it makes sense I think where I have an issue with all of it is when children of immigrants or children of South Asian immigrants feel as though they have to sacrifice their happiness in order to maintain this order or or even let's choose between this person I love and my family yeah and it's so sad because like you're never gonna give up your family yeah and or you, sh- you should, I mean like, see it's tough too in then theory whole, yeah. in theory you shouldn't give up your family like I don't know. It's just a very complicated thing. And now you're seeing in that like subreddit, for example, I'm seeing all these examples of people who are going no contact with their family just because their family wasn't supportive of, say, like here we are talking about like heteronormative relationships too. But in the case that like someone wants to marry someone of the same sex, it's like how yeah. it's so complex and and so different from like again what we what we see on the media. And and now you you know Bollywood's making a 
a turn for the better. They're making strides in the right direction, I should say. Yeah. But, you know, like, two states, a girl from South India, a boy from North India, like, like the challenges the right of yeah. having a relationship. But then, again, like you mentioned, like, a very heteronormative view of relationships. Yeah. I think... I just think it's a different experience. Like everything we've talked about in each of our episodes, the whole point is to kind of pinpoint what experience we experiences we have as South Asian Americans yeah. and how that differs from those in South Asian countries and those in America. Yeah. And I think it, it always goes back to representation, I think, too. The more Absolutely. that we see... Because I remember, I'm a big fan of Hassan Minhaj. Oh, love of my life. One of my favorite comedians. And he did this hilarious interview with Cory Booker. Mm -hmm. And he was like, how do you have PDA with your girlfriend in public? Like, my wife and I have been married for years and I can't hold her hand. If, Bro, if that's Yanandi. so real. And have he's you like mid-30s. Have you seen the amount of brown couples, I'm sure, like college or whatever, any Asian type of couples, like you're walking and then the second they see someone they know, they like they, let go yeah. of each other's hands. Yeah, because PDA is... PDA, for those who don't know, public display of affection, uh, like holding hands or, or anything of the sort, <laughs> um, is, like, kind of looked down upon, kind of yeah. seems weird. I mean, speaking of Hassan, like, him and his wife are an interfaith couple. Uh, they're so cute, and they're they're my favorite. I am a huge fan. I watch Patriot Act all the time. I am a huge fan of Homecoming King, which is his documentary. This is definitely sponsored by Hassan Minaj, <laughs> if you're listening. Please, that'd be great. Um... <laughs> Yeah, it's a Netflix special, uh, and he talks about his relationship with his wife. So, Hassan is an, he's like of Indian, or, like his parents are of Indian origin, but they're Muslim, yeah. so yeah. Uh, he's a Muslim Indian American, and then Bina Patel is his wife, his wife, and she's Hindu, Yeah, and so at some point in the documentary, or the special, Netflix, it's a stand-up comedy special, <laughs> so at some point in the special, uh, he talks about their difference in religion being something that kind of held them back. And that was, like, a huge obstacle when it came to them uh, getting married. Yeah, and actually, Bina was very, very strong on uh, that she didn't want to convert. convert. Yeah. So she's still Hindu. Yeah, and I, I that's interesting because that's always an option and people, like, seem to forget that. They're like, I guess it's just, like, a pressure thing, Yeah, you know? And then you take couples like we've mentioned in our intro yeah uh Anjali and Sufi who are also an interfaith and same-sex couple um and inter uh racial couple yeah uh, Sufi is from or is Pakistani yeah and Anjali is Indian um but I guess that kind of brings us to like where are we now yeah it's so complex because like we mentioned that huge range there's people who fall in all all different areas of the spectrum of, yeah. like, acceptance and tolerance and whatever. Yeah, and I think parents have, you know, started to give more leeway, if not, um, I don't know, I feel like it, it definitely does range. Like, the strict parents exist. We all have some degree of strict parents, uh, especially when it comes to dating. It's such a, <laughs> such a shared taboo amongst our community. Um, gives us a lot of great memes. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like Sonia and I were talking about how this is the decade, the 2020s, where we'll likely, maybe, hopefully, get married, and how this is something on the horizon, but 
our communities don't talk too much about it, and neither do our parents with us. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting. Because uh, now in this decade, like you said, like this is the decade we'll get married and start, you know, trying to have a, like, at least trying to establish some sort sort of, like, family. settling down yeah. and family or if, if we do decide to go that way. Yeah. But um, then you have to have those conversations with yeah. your parents. And it's this, it's this awkward, like, oh, if we don't mention it, it's not there. Like, don't worry about it. Um, it'll happen when it happens and all of that. But I think all of this is just very much at the intersection of what Loudmouth Lud Keys, this, pod, this whole podcast is about, you know, being at that middle ground. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Loudmouth Lud Keys and for tuning in this whole season. It's been an amazing journey and we hope you enjoyed being a part of it. If you haven't gotten a chance to catch up on all the episodes or want to binge season one, you can listen to them on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Anchor. Feel free to email us at loudmouthledgues at gmail.com with comments, questions, or even suggestions for what topics or guests you want to see next season. We hope you enjoyed, and we'll see you next season. Better get to the good. Better get to the good.